Your hosts, Jeannie Walters and Adam Toporek, are two of the most recognized and respected names in customer experience, and they've dedicated themselves to helping you improve your customer experiences. And now, it's time for Adam and Jeannie. So, Jeannie, you know, we've spent a lot of time here on Crack the Customer Code trying to break down those silos, haven't we? So much time. Yep, and I gotta say, today's a little different. I'm starting to wonder if maybe we need a little bit of silo in our lives. What? What? You're crazy. Exactly. Okay, well then I will ask you, should customer service teams be required to engage in proactive outbound sales? Proactive outbound sales. Or just proactive sales of any type. Should customer service Mm -hmm. teams be salespeople? Now, they, of course, already are often in a reactive situation, but should customer service teams be tasked with generating new business? That's an interesting question because- Because yeah, you're blurring some lines. We're crossing some silos. You're blurring but, some lines. But in a different way than we talk about. Yeah. I would also say that you know there are times where supporting a customer sometimes means moving them into a different purchase than they expected. Of course. So 100%. That, is support, but it's not saying to somebody, "I'm I'm just going to sell you." So well, you know me. I'm not. So, I'm, I'm not an anti-sales customer service person. I, I, nothing happens until something gets sold. And right. if you believe in your product and you care about creating value, sales is a very good thing. If you're selling things that may add value to people's lives and or businesses, however, mm-hmm. who should be doing that? And should customer service teams be, um, should this be added to their plate, so to speak? Well, what, how do you see that? Well, so what's happening is technology. So we've Mm -hmm. all experienced, uh, you're on the web page and like, oh, I see you're looking at our pricing. Is there a question, right? The things are popping up. So we're using chat bots. uh, We're using all kinds of technology to not only anticipate interest, but to essentially cross sell. And what's happening is because of all these interactions, oh, hey, you're looking at the, uh, I don't know, the the gray allbirds. Have you checked out our blue blank, right? Whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. A little shout out for allbirds for my wife there. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the question becomes, what what's ha- well, first of all, what's happening is these are generating actual traffic. So the mm-hmm. these outbound interactions, I'll call them outbound, you know, these contextual, personalized, uh, AI-fueled chatbot-type interactions are generating more work for the customer service team. Not only that, they're being asked, essentially, to become salespeople in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So it's changing mm-hmm. their role. And the question is, and obviously I think the context would matter a lot, but we're speaking sort of generic theory here on the podcast today. Is this a good thing? Does this is it good for customer service teams? I can tell you, coming from you know the businesses I've run in the past, that you know we, we never I was never in a business where it was an aggressive sales business, so sort of put that aside. But there's often a distinct difference in the personality types you're looking for. Uh, that is in true. sales and customer service. Mm-hmm. And so now we're asking people who are 
you know, signing up to be customer service people to suddenly be salespeople. Yeah. And is that a good thing? And are the, Hmm. will the metrics follow, you know, right now, I don't think in most organizations they are, but when that line keeps getting blurred, will uh, you know, now it's not uh, your average handle time. It's your average handle time and your sales closing. Right. Right. It's a really interesting question because the flip side of this is how we often say, you know what, everybody in the organization, right, has to care enough about customer experience, has to be well-versed enough to understand what is the experience they're supposed to deliver regardless of their role. So in that way, we're constantly talking about silo busting. Um, I think the challenge here comes down to what we talk about a lot, which is, are you articulating what that mission is and are you educating and training your people so that they feel comfortable in those roles and they know what they're supposed to do. Because I think the worst sales experiences that any of us have are those like forced, you know, like I'm going to get the sale no matter what. uh, And I'm going to ignore you as a customer and just push you through this. So I think that if we're asking them to do this, we have to be living up to the principles behind it that you know what by doing this we are serving our customers because otherwise yeah, you, i mean that's asking, that's uh, the great sort of like you know theory but how, i mean how do you how are you applying that is my question mm-hmm. because we're, we're going to dig in a little here because my question would be if you're training for skills first of all you have to remember that we're completely biased and the world just has to do what right. we want, which is everyone in every other silo needs to be good at customer experience, but customer experience, customer service exactly. doesn't need to know their jobs. So just <laughs> let's just be clear that that's just the way the world is. Uh, but no, I mean, that's a challenge, right? So you've got a particular set of skills to quote Liam Neeson uh, in your department. <laughs> and so what, where does that line end? So now we're, we're blurring it into sales. Well, do they need to be good at AP, right? Mm-hmm. Do they need to, they handle, bill, you know, uh, high level billing questions? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, th- the, right. the catch is, uh, you know, when we talk about silos, we're not talking about everyone knowing everyone else's job. We're talking about communication and friction in the customer journey and always stepping up for the customer, even if you have limited, you know, ability in a certain context because they called the wrong 800 number instead of saying, you know, buzz off. It's not my department. You help and you, you know, facilitate and you get them to the right place. Right. But we're not really saying you're going to know everybody else's job because, uh, you know, how do you do that if you're in a Fortune 100 company mm-hmm. or any other, you know, any company of any size? So that, that's my question: is how, uh, you know, where's the line? Right. You know, where do you see the line? I I don't know. I honestly don't. I think that before we ask these service reps and these people who are hired for what we, you know, the skills that and traits that we want them to have, like empathy and like understanding and listening and all these things. How do we then ask them to play a slightly different role? And I'm not sure I have the answer to that. I think that, you know, training would be a huge part of it. But I also think, again, coming back to this idea of like, what's important about our experience? What's important about our brand that we want represented along every point of the journey? That would still be a question to ask in this role and say, you know what, if you are, um, if you are responding as a service rep and then you are changing the conversation to be one of sales, how does that feel to the customer? Let's make sure that we live up to that 
those ideals that we have around our own customer experience because otherwise we're we're setting up a whole bunch of people to fail including the customer because they're going to feel like they're sold to when they were looking for service and support and maybe it's not the right thing maybe it's not the right fit so i think this is a really like interesting gray area that deserves exploration, but I don't know if we have the answers yet. Well, I would argue that you're setting the the customer service team up to fail in that situation because you know mm-hmm. where this started was the technology drove in a conversation that was about an upsell or something new, a new mm-hmm. product, right? So the technology is dry, is creating the conversation, not necessarily the agent. Right. So the technology right. is starting the conversation. The agent's having to field the conversation uh, and partic- possibly not with the skills, possibly not with the um, proper motivation or understanding of what their priorities are. Or to your point, you know, what what the experience should be when a sales call comes in. And the other question right. or the other uh, dynamic, excuse me, is the fact that the Understanding the unintended consequences when you deploy technology, right? You're deploying all of these uh, things to upsell and to personalize and all this stuff we've been talking about for years, right? And what's happening is your queue is getting blown up because it's creating customer mm-hmm. interactions that were not staffed, right? We're not, they're cre- right. creating customer interactions that the, vo- the, you know, the historical volume is not there for. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of layers mm-hmm. to it. There are indeed. And I think it's a really good question. And I, I would encourage our listeners right now to think about, are there places that you might be doing this without even realizing you're doing it proactively? Like, are there times when you ask your um, your agents after calls, why didn't you upsell or why didn't you do this? Um, which I hear all the time, frankly, in contact centers. So if if we can kind of turn this lens on and make sure that we're giving our service people the skills and the rules that they need in order to succeed, then I think that's that's where we win. But it's it's you've got to be aware that this might be going on first, right? Like if you're not aware, then you're going to kind of ignore it as the challenge that right, it could and you've be. got to give them the tools, and you have to understand uh, the situations you're giving they're, you're creating you know, through deployment of technology and systems and processes as well to understand what tools they need to begin with. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeannie, this is a lot like if you were to ask me to upsell our listeners on leaving a rating or review, like that's your wheelhouse. That's what you do when we get to the Ah, end of an episode. Really? But, you know, I do it in in an effort to provide more service and value to our our listeners. To your point, Jeannie, you just made your own point. I love it. (laughs) So in, you know, value to us and to you and to everybody around the world, we want every customer experience person to find our podcast. And the best way to do that is if you, our loyal listeners, leave us a rating or review, um, tell your friends, post on your socials, reach out to Adam and I. We're on Twitter. We're all over the place. So find us. Let us know what you think. We love hearing from you. And we love that you spend a little time with us every week on this episode 410, if you can believe it. Uh, So thank you for being here. I am Jeannie Walters, and you can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. You can also find out about keynotes, workshops, training, uh, customer journey mapping, all sorts of things. So 
Come say hi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that, I just don't know where to go, Janie. (laughs) I am Adam DePork, and you can find out more about Mikey Note speaking, our customer service workshops and training, strategic advisory, all that good stuff at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.